which Arizona Cardinals rookies have the best chance to make an immediate impact in 2023? Let's discuss. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Locked On Cardinals, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, your team every day. I'm your host, Alex Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please go to the YouTube channel. We're on pace to hit 3,000 subscribers before the start of the 2021 season, 2023 season. Um, if you'd like to help in that endeavor, be greatly appreciated. You can also check me out today with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans on Locked On NFL Thursday. I co-host that with him every week. Got some great topics to talk about, so that'd be a fun one to check out. A lot of noise surrounding the Cardinals since the end of the 2022 season. A lot of noise. Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime gone. Byron Murphy gone. Zach Allen gone. DeAndre Hopkins most recently gone. The report card where the Cardinals got F-minuses across the board aside from a couple uh, categories. Monty Osifor coming on as first-time head coach, or uh, GM. Uh, Jonathan Gannon coming on as first-time head coach. Drew Pensick, Nick Rowles, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, first time, respectively. A lot of noise, a lot of moving pieces. A lot of things that the past Arizona Cardinals regime and roster you know, uh, we're dealing with or have dealt with or were parts of. Nothing having to do with the rookies. And I felt like today was a great time to start to highlight some of these guys because there is a fantastic opportunity for these rookies to play right away. Not only because the draft was pretty much, and I've said this a lot, and then people started using it after me, but was a masterclass by Monty Osenford. Trading back, trading back up, Paris Johnson Jr., B.J. Ojolari, Garrett Williams, and on and on down the list, Michael Wilson, Clayton Toon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, John Gaines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, with this roster before the draft pretty much devoid of talent, save a couple players, the majority of them on offense that can be trusted, these guys are going to have some time to giddy up right away. They're going to have plenty of playing time. It is a wide open ocean for 2023 for the Cardinals. That's not to say that they're going to play poorly. That's not to say there's going to be this massive learning curve in an effort to play meaningful snaps for an NFL franchise in their rookie year. That's not to say any of that. And this is a great, great thing for fans for the future of the team and for the building of a new foundation and bedrock and infrastructure for Arizona Cardinals 2.0. The stars are aligning in a backwards way for this to be the best opportunity for the rookies to thrive in their first campaign. And I talk about this a lot and I'm going to continue to mention this throughout that it doesn't matter what Michael Bidwell does or doesn't do. There's no control that Michael Bidwell has 
over the trajectory of this team. And that sounds weird. Let me break it down for you. He signs the checks. Cool. I would love for him to be an absentee owner. Check in, sign some checks, just sit back and get rich, more rich. And let the football people do football things because we know a lot of things. One of them is he's not a football person. He does what he thinks is best. And it's uh, just a control thing. And look what he's done you know, the last 10 years. So what the thing that I did mention was the Cardinals trajectory doesn't have to do with Michael Bidwell directly. Monte Austin Fort can control what he can control. Like picture a convention center. Okay. I don't know why I say convention center, not an arena. Let's go with convention center because I'll go with it. And then picture one of those massive tents that are put up for outside weddings when it's raining or when it's expected to rain and you have the heaters inside or if it's cold, it's like picture Monty Austin Ford and the Arizona Cardinals down with that tent inside the convention center. It's still in the convention center, but it's its own entity. And if it's run like that in a bubble where Monty Osborne and Jonathan Gannon and the players can have control in building that new culture and infrastructure and systems in place to be scalable, if we're talking in a business sense, having the young players play a lot their rookie year and having the ability to do it can do nothing but benefit. It's a forced transformation at this point, but it's set up as such because it is a lot better than the definition of insanity that the Arizona Cardinals have been over the last decade. Wins, losses, doesn't matter. Same thing, different day. So while there's going to be dysfunction up top in some capacity, because Michael Bidwell is Michael Bidwell, and if he really wants to flip the script and change the narrative on him and the organization as a whole, we'll go a little bit more absentee. I don't need to see Michael Bidwell. Just make sure that... His signature still works when signing checks. So again, as we highlight, I'm going to highlight three offensive rookies and three defensive rookies because there are that money, many that can make an immediate impact this year, which could really pave the way for what the future of this team is going to look like. And that's fascinating. It's exciting. It's not a transplant team anymore. It's not. I used to say the Arizona Cardinals are a transplant team mirroring the city in which they play. Nobody grew up in Phoenix. Everybody moved here. And for those who did grow up in Phoenix, no offense, but you know what I mean. You've seen the transformation in the city of Phoenix and Maricopa County, okay? You know exactly what I mean. So while you have guys like, you know, Zach Ertz and James Conner, who have really, they're Arizona Cardinals, like, Honorable mention, but the very few Arizona Cardinals on the Arizona Cardinals roster, Buda Baker, DJ Humphreys, Kyler Murray, that you like, that make, when you think of the, you don't think of Isaiah Simmons as a, like a poster child to be as an Arizona Cardinals, Zayvon Collins, you don't, you, you look at people who have been consistent every year, Pro Bowls, good performance, things like that. There are three, maybe Jalen Thompson, Probably deserves that also, but there aren't many. And now you can really just infuse this roster in this organization with a bunch of young guys who are going to play a lot of meaningful snaps, whether the Cardinals win or lose. 
in an effort to kind of position themselves to see what talent they have in-house in an effort to best script what they want to do for the next five, seven, eight years. And it starts now. Who are the six Arizona Cardinals rookies set to make the biggest impacts during the 2023 season? It's called the tease. But I'll fulfill the tease next after this. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. The finals start tonight, baby. FanDuel's got you covered with any bet you want to make, okay? Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You want to bet that Nikola Jokic is going to have his over total of rebounds because Miami's not a great rebounding team, or you think that the number is going to be too high. So you take the under, you can do that at FanDuel. I think Jimmy Buckets is going to have a triple double. You can bet that on FanDuel. FanDuel's got you covered across the entire board. Same game parlays. Those are my favorite where you can bet a little, bet a bunch of things, you know, over, under, over, under, over, under, uh, rebounds, points, assists, steals, and potentially win a lot. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. The 2023 is going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Please go like, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. You know, as we look at 2023, I talked about this on yesterday's podcast. Please go check that out because it goes more in depth about what I'm about to say. The Arizona Cardinals need to mimic what the Detroit Lions have done since hiring Dan Campbell. And I'm not comparing Dan Campbell to Jonathan Gannon. I'm not saying Dan Campbell's a great coach per se. I'm saying that what the Detroit Lions have done have completely flipped the script on the culture surrounding the Motor City as it pertains to their beloved football team, who have been one of the more dysfunctional organizations in the history of sports. And what they've done over the last two seasons is completely changed that. Have their win, has their win-loss record been great? No. Have they made the playoffs? No. But if you tell me that this Detroit Lions team is the same as it was before they traded for Jared Goff, and I'm not saying Jared Goff's the reason why. That was just kind of the beginning of the transformation with Dan Campbell getting hired and you know them bringing in players, Jamal Williams having an absolute ball-out year last year. Like It's different there. They even traded TJ Hawkinson mid-season. And they still were on the precipice of potentially making the playoffs. And they knocked out their their rival, the big brother of, you know, the NFC North in the Green Bay Packers in week 18. It was one of the best things ever. The Detroit Lions are fun football now. That's how the Cardinals should loosely, like, take as a guide, like, it's possible to completely change the face of an organization and what people think about it. With that... Rookies are going to come into play because the Cardinals don't have a whole lot of talent on this roster. It's just how it is. You know, we'll see what happens with Isaiah Simmons. We'll see if Zayvon Collins can take that next step. I think that I undervalue Zayvon Collins a little bit. This is going to be his year to pop. This is the year that Isaiah Simmons had the chance to do it last year. We saw we saw rumblings. We didn't see the real pop to Pro Bowl like I thought we potentially could. And 
with all of this, I'll start with the defensive players. Okay. And when it comes to, I think that I have, yeah, I have three defensive players. I'm, I'm trying to count because I have six and I'm like, wait, what am I doing here? Um, so the first one is PJ Ojolari. Okay. The Cardinals pass rush last year was putrid's not fair. They had pretty good sack totals. Cam Johnson, uh, Cam Thomas and Cam Johnson. Yikes. Cam Thomas and my Jay Sanders came on late. You know, JJ Watt had a handful of sacks, but you could tell watching those games, the pass rush wasn't something that was, you know, a fear of any team. It wasn't a fear. And with how high I was on BJ Ojalar going into the draft, you know, the fact that the fact that they were able to trade back with Indy or with uh, Tennessee who took Will Levis, they were able to get him at 41 and pick up another third rounder. Like, I think they got lucky. And coming out of LSU, he could make an immediate impact. See quarterback, hit quarterback. His run stuffing ability needs to get a little bit better. But I'll tell you what, immediately in this scheme with Nick Rallis calling the shots, I'm telling you that BJ Ojolari could be that missing piece the Cardinals have, you know, needed to take the place of Chandler Jones. I know that they they play a little bit differently. But his skill set is perfect for what the Cardinals defense are looking to achieve under Jonathan Gannon and, and, and Nick Rallis. So I think he can make an immediate impact right away. He's one of the best chances to do so. He's a stud. He's a great locker room guy. He's a great leader. He does everything. And that's something the Cardinals desperately need in an effort to start to check boxes where question marks currently lay. B.J. Ojolari, one, that can definitely make an immediate impact. And it's like, well, obviously, he's a second-round pick. Understanding that the Cardinals need help everywhere will kind of lend more, you know, texture to this podcast specifically. And, that, you know, with Cam Thomas can take a step forward and my Jay Sanders can become a pass rusher, who knows if Victor Dimikaji can take a step forward. Like, imagine having a second rounder and two third round picks and that, what was Victor Dimikaji, a sixth rounder? Be your pass rush and have it work with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons' accents, Buda Baker. Like, if it could work, Cardinals would be in really good shape. So BG Ojalari is one. And I think the other, you know, Garrett Williams. Garrett Williams coming off the injury, okay, in college out of Syracuse. He could have been like I've had I've had really smart people on here. Trevor Sikama and uh and Brad Spielberger, uh both pro football focused guys who, you know, this is what they do in the draft. Like, you know, Garrett Williams is a guy that would have gone maybe top 12, top 15. He definitely wouldn't have gone in the third round if he didn't get injured in college. And he's a guy, he's a banger, who is a something a CB1 hasn't really been for the Arizona Cardinals. Patrick Peterson didn't like to hit anybody, really. So if Garrett Williams can come in, there is a hole. 100% in the cornerback room. Just look at it. I'm going to have you do some homework. I'm going to do it. I don't want to read it. 
Antonio Hamilton, Marco Wilson. If Garrett Williams can just come in and be a CB1 as a third-round pick, he can make an immediate impact. We'll find out right when he's healthy. We'll find out, you know, because these guys are going to get put on islands against some of the best receivers in the NFL. They play really good receivers this year, the Cardinals do. So we're going to find out, and it's not going to be pretty sometimes. It's, it's going to be clunky. They're young. The game's going to have to slow down for them to make immediate – to make – you know, actual impact that their ceiling will allow. But to say that he could make massive impacts early on because of all the playing time he's going to get, I think is definitely the furthest thing from far-fetched. So if you have him and and um, BJ Ojolari really getting those time, you know, that time on the field, I mean, you could even throw in Cottrell Clark in the CB room from Louisville. People looked at it, that as a steal in the sixth round. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen with late-round picks, but you know what other teams have that the Cardinals don't seem to and haven't? Late-round pick success. Keontae Ingram, maybe the closest thing that we saw. You know, Benjamin for like four games. it would be interesting to see what they do with Keontae Ingram this year. But anyways, like those guys are going to get chances. And you'll see over this podcast, like the, the rookies that have the best chance to make impact. I'm going to say seven guys. Well, how many do they draft? Eight, nine, whatever. That's not the point is all of them are going to get playing time. Like necessarily because the Cardinals don't have good players and that's okay. This is all by design. Like by all, like, you know, overall they've got good players, but at key positions where they're going to need to build for the future, not deep, which will give rookies more time, regardless of win-loss record. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Let's hit offense next. It's going to be fun. Stick around. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Free and available on all platforms. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be along the ride with me. It's fun. That's how I do it. DM me on Twitter. Let's have a conversation at Clancy's Corner. I don't care if you follow me if you want. That's great. I don't do this for follows. If you want to have a conversation, you have a topic that you want to talk about, just if you don't have a Twitter account, just make one. It takes two seconds. Go at Clancy's Corner. Hit that little mailbox and, and you know, send me a message. Ask me a question. Topics, ideas. I've got plenty. I could talk all day. But, like, if there's something you want to hear, I'd love to crowdsource, you know? I, I want to make this your podcast as much as I possibly can. As we pivot to the offense. Like, okay, Paris Johnson Jr., fine. Immediate impact. Like, that's obvious. Okay, sixth overall. Not like the other ones weren't because I just named the defensive rookies that the Cardinals drafted. But Paris Johnson Jr., obviously. We'll see what happens with DJ Humphreys. Is... Paris Johnson going to play right guard and are they going to have Kelvin Beecham walk? Is he going to play left guard and have Kelvin Beecham play there? We don't know. The important thing to understand here is they drafted an offensive lineman who is set to be a stud for 10 years to come. And he can play multiple positions. Where he plays this year isn't really important as long as he actually plays at an NFL level, shows growth. And, you know, rookie offensive linemen, you can tell. There may be a reason why Josh Jones hasn't played a lot. Tristan Wirfs came in immediately. Was the highest rated offensive lineman in Super Bowl history, I think. 
as a rookie with Tampa Bay. Now it's Tampa Bay. I get it. But still, Paris Johnson, obvious. The interesting ones are the next three. And I'm going to go in ascending order. Michael Wilson, okay, wide receiver, Stanford. Uh, he's making waves in camp, okay? It's camp, cool. Good to hear that he can catch a ball and run routes. That's great. Like, I don't say that joking. Like, you know, uh, Chad Williams, we've come, a, we've come a long way with third-round wide receiver picks. He has the chance to be, like, he. they're going to have all the opportunities. The wide receiver room, if everybody stays healthy, and I know that if everybody stays healthy is, the thing, if everybody sees healthy, Hollywood Brown, Rondo Moore, Greg Dorch, Michael Wilson, Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> you know, like those guys are so fast. All the under 5'10 guys. Michael Wilson's bigger. They have Zach Pascal, who's going to play in some sort of capacity. But Michael Wilson's going to get reps, and we're going to find out. Regardless of who throws in the ball, we're going to see what the offense looks like. It's going to be like a practice squad quarterback running the offense, but in games. Like, my brain's going to melt, but I'm trying to get there. It's like you're watching a player mirroring Kyler Murray run the Arizona Cardinals offense for proof of concept. Because that's what it's going to be if it's Clayton Toon. They're not exactly the same, but he's not you know, a stick figure in the pocket, Clayton Toon isn't. So Michael Wilson's going to get reps. He's going to get targets. And we're going to see, like, if there's a star wide receiver, you're going to find out pretty much immediately if there's star power in him. And that's not to say that you he won't turn into a star if you don't see it right away. But if there is star power in him, you'll see it, which is going to be great, number one. Number two is John Gaines. Now, John Gaines is going to be potentially the starting center for this team, fourth-round pick out of UCLA. Remember, he was the run-blocking aficionado for Zach Charbonnet, who – put up incredible numbers, who is now with, with Seattle. John Gaines, if the Cardinals lucked into, and we thought about this with Mason Cole in the third round out of Michigan a handful of years ago. I think he was drafted in 2017 or 2018. Yeah, 2018, I think. Yeah, where it's like, oh, you know what? Big 10 school, he's fine. We'll see. John Gaines, again, making waves. He can play left guard, he can play center. He can play all over the offensive line. If that dude makes an impact, he's going to get reps. Okay, Thurton, Ronnie Hudson's gone. So if he gets rep and you see him make an immediate impact, it's going to be incredible for the future of this team because this is what it takes to completely change the trajectory of an organization, at least in a two or three year short term hit on draft picks. What a novel concept. And then the third one, Clayton too. He should be starting week one. No question about it. If he can throw a football and he doesn't get absolutely lit up during preseason, start him. The dude's a baller. He's played four years. He hucked it all over Houston. Houston quarterbacks, you know, while having, you know, varying success in the NFL, Case Keenum had a pretty good career. If he can come in and play, let him because he's fun to watch. Go watch, go to YouTube and watch some clips on Clayton too. Duke and ball, Duke and ball. So the reason why I laid this podcast out like this is to highlight the fact that the Cardinals had a good draft and all of the needs that the Cardinals have, most of the needs that the Cardinals have were met in this draft. And all of these rookies will have a chance to make impact because the Cardinals have such a massive need for talent in those positions. They're going to get all the opportunities in the world and who the hell knows. It could just work out for the Cardinals. Locked on Cardinals, your team 
every day. Alex Lancy, I'll talk to you tomorrow.